Alright, let's do this. How are you out there? Millennials, Xennials, Generation Yers, Generation Nexters, Generation Zers, Baby Boomers, Greatest Generationers. Congratulations, you made it to the Millennial Hour. This is the show where we talk about pop culture, we talk about music, we talk about ourselves. Joining me today is my beautiful, talented co-host, Colleen Karazic. Surprise! And my name is Judson Brown. <laughs> so, how y'all doing? The English language doesn't have a word for y'all, so I have to use Southern. <laughs> southern English, mm-hmm. or as we like to call it, bro. I don't know if bro's a language. It should be. Anyway... This is Millennial Hour. We're going to be talking about a couple things. We're going to be talking about the death of the electric guitar once again, because I just can't get over the subject for obvious reasons. <laughs> We're going to talk about Paul McCartney and his Beatles catalog. We're going to talk about a few random other things thrown in there. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's fade it out. So how's it going? <laughs> that was a very non-ominous laugh. <laughs> Or maybe it was. Yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, all right. So you want to talk about uh, the electric guitar some more? Since we're not really, off. but I suppose we have to. No, I'm just kidding. It's all right. You know what? Your opinions seem uh, to echo that of everyone else on this planet besides <laughs> guitarists. It, it, it is just weird. Like, thinking about it, because we recorded the first part of this last week, and I've had some time to reflect on what I've said on the subject. And it just, it, it is weird because I'm aware of pop culture waves and that as you grow up the experiences you have you think those are the experiences everyone had because that's you growing up and when i grew up electric guitar was at a place in the zeitgeist which uh it's not it no longer is and it's weird i always thought it was the epitome of something cool you could do is to play electric guitar and the fact that younger people don't think of it that way is something I'll never quite wrap my head around. It'll be a learned behavior to acknowledge it. Not to say that I won't deal with it, but I, it's a learned behavior. It's not something I actually believe, because in my heart of hearts, I still believe that electric guitar is the coolest thing you can possibly do. That's the only reason I did it. It's like, that was, I just loved it so much. And it's, it's just weird that it's no longer there. Like, I was talking with uh, Fred from Bella Kane. And he said it's weird. The biggest electric or the biggest guitar hero right now is Taylor Swift, but she's not an electric guitar hero. She's an acoustic guitar hero. She plays acoustic guitar and sings, and it's great. You got acoustic guitar heroes. You got Ed Sheeran. You got Taylor Swift. You have you know Shawn Mendes. You got uh, I don't know. Does uh, yeah well, I disagree with that statement. They're but... singers, but people do see them playing acoustic guitars, and acoustic guitars outsold electric guitars last year. So well, it depends what you know. Your definition of hero is at this point. Well, just to recap, though, this was based off of um, multiple articles that came out in the last, what, two weeks, probably? Yeah, I think it's just that's where everyone's brain is now. Yeah, it's about, time to talk about how the electric guitar is dead. Yeah, was, they were talking about how electric guitar needs a hero, um, kind of like 80s. <laughs> yeah, except you can't do the 80s anymore. Although, I don't know, we saw Despicable Me 3 last night, and the guitar <laughs> might make an awesome comeback. It might. Which it would might. be amazing. Yeah, but anyway, it was basically talking about the imminent death of the instrument. 
Well, I don't think the imminent death. I think it's the imminent death in popular. Well, music. these are the articles. I, I'm I'm not speaking for me. Okay. I'm just doing a recap to, a recap of the, the general death. feel for this. I have no idea. Um, you know the articles of, or the authors of these articles. I'm really you know. I think they're striking just, out here. I think yeah. a lot of times the authors are just speculating, much as we do. Mm. They just get paid a little bit more to do it. Well, I I mean I read elsewhere that people are considering Jack White to be the century's most pronounced like electric guitar hero. I would say so. And, uh, guys that play electric exclusively, yeah. yeah. And they're summarizing, you know, with you know his blues and country kind of mashed together, and they're talking about the quote return to simplicity, and they've also me- uh, mentioned Annie Clark, aka Saint Vincent, and they're talking about. Um, Embracing imperfections, which is, I don't know how I feel about that statement, to be honest. I mean, I come from a world where there is no such thing. You are not allowed <laughs> I think imperfections. It, it, it's, just, it's just weird, though, because obviously in the classical world, you're not. But in the pop world, you always were. And now that everything's so polished in the studio, you almost need the little imperfections, at least when you're playing popular music. Mm-hmm. You need a little raw edge to like remind people that humans actually played this part. Oh yeah, proving that you're live. Um, yeah, but in, you know that's another artist who's drawing on like contemporary classical. So you have electric guitar pulling out blues, pulling out country, pulling out uh, contemporary classical. They are writing symphonies to feature the electric guitar right now. That'd I think be the cool. premieres were I think exclusively in Australia. Well, uh, I could be wrong. Ingve <laughs> Malmsteen did do a concerto for electric guitar and orchestra, mm-hmm. and that was fairly successful. I believe he did it in Tokyo. Hmm. And uh, yeah, he did good. He wrote everything. He doesn't read or write music, but he played all the parts and had somebody transcribe them, and he did write a concerto. He wrote the symphony, uh, or the part that the orchestra played, and then he improvised over it. Some of it was scripted, some of it was improvised. Mm-hmm. And it was... Well, I, I bought the DVD. It was great. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else did. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, check out Ingve Malmstein. He's... Uh, he spell, his, have, spell his first name. Y-N-G-W-I-E. There you go. Y- Yingui. Yeah. So y- Yingui. It's, it's deceiving if you're, if you're not sure, but if you want to check it out. And he may have single-handedly killed electric guitar by just setting the bar so high nobody ever attempted to play it again. Oh, it's like mission accomplished. Like, what other mission can we <laughs> create for Right, right, here? right. Yeah. Well, him and, you know, Eddie Van Halen, everyone thought there was nothing that could get better than him, and then Ingve came out. So that's why when, fast forward 20, 20 years, when Jack White came out with the White Stripes, he almost had to go back to as simple as you could possibly get it, because everything technical had already been done, mm-hmm. and done better than you can do it. I don't care who you are. But that being said, you got guys like uh, Tosin Abasi, who uh, is the guitar player for Animals as Leaders, and he plays an eight-string guitar, does a lot of cool rhythmic stuff. And I was actually, I was talking with Fred again about this, how since he is a young man, he's an African-American, he has a very acute sense of style, he would be a guy that could bring technical guitar back if he collaborated with the right vocalist. So he needs, he is all set to be, he could be this generation's Eddie Van Halen. You're not talking about Fred, you're talking not about... Fred, not Fred, not Fred, Tosin Abasi. No, Fred's, <laughs> Fred's great, but he's a, he's the beardsman in my country cover band. And 
We're talking about Tosin Abasi, who we both admire greatly for what he's done in pushing the electric guitar in directions that he can't. He could be this generation's Eddie Van Halen for bringing technical guitar, not roots-oriented guitar. Um, Because, you know, like, you got Eddie Van Halen on one hand, who's super technical and made it work. And then you got guys like Slash, who's less technical. He's still, still very good, but very much more bluesy, very much more improvisational. And it, it made it work um, in two different sides. So you got Jack White doing the simplistic stuff and it working. And then you could have Tosin doing very technical things. Um, however, he needs, his David, he needs his David Lee Roth. He needs either a hip-hop artist or an R&B guy or just a pop singer that can fuse his guitar in a song that could bring it forward. Not saying he'd ever do it. So if you took all these guys... Say you took the heroes from the 80s, you took the present day, you know, ones who are looking for a spot as a hero, yeah. more or less. Yeah, basically, they're undiscovered say, talent besides guitar players. We know about them. but So say if you treated it like a blind audition, gave them all the same passage to play, what would you, um, well, what would I, you pull from that? If I did a blind audition and had... Guitar players play the same passage. Well, that's not how guitar players roll. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is, if you... Oh, are you talking about a piece of classical music? No, or like just a, a, a whatever. Song? Something that none of them... Something that is not a signature for any of them. A new piece, a new riff. You write a, new, a, you a, write a riff. You take a riff or you from write, one of your songs. Or, uh, well, maybe since guitar players, guitar parts are always their interpretation of uh, like the harmony of a song and the melody of a song, and how would they translate it to the electric guitar? So maybe a better example would be yeah. they take, each one of them takes a song, like say say somebody, say Sean Mendes writes a song, it's like, I want to have somebody play electric guitar on this to give it a signature. And then you have the five different guys all be like, what would you do with this song with the electric guitar? Right, that okay, that's one way of judging. But if you were going to judge on strictly a technical thing is that just an obsolete idea at that point in this these genres of music it's so it's so weird because it's not about how so much about with the electric guitar it's not about can you play it right it's can you think of the right thing to play because so many of the people we admire like like you have jeff beck who uses very few notes but the way he plays them and the note choices he makes are what makes him a good guitar player if you put him and Ingve Malmsteen on the same thing and say, who can play, a, you know, give a classical piece, give a concerto or a Paganini something or other. is going to win every time. He can technically execute it better. However, the a lot of... It just seems that from the history, the inception of the electric guitar as an instrument... As a as a popular instrument has always been the choices the individual choices that somebody has made in playing an electric guitar part to a song have been what they've been defined by. So say the layman in this case, anyone who doesn't play. Yeah. How how are we to know? How am I to know? Aside from someone telling me, uh, who is going to you know win this this spot of you know guitar god for the. You know, for, for the, first part of the twenty, you know, twenty first century. Here. The thing is, guitar gods have always been very much tied to what they created being something people want to listen to. So it's never been guitar players have never been 
uh, with with the exception of um, moder- people electrifying the blues, sort of, where they're not playing it note for note. They're taking a song and they're doing their own version of what somebody from the 20s did. Or they're taking like a song from the 50s. Uh, that was another thing Van Halen always did, is they'd take a song like Dancing, for, Dancing in the Streets, which is an R&B song, and then he'd modernize it with his keyboards and then add a rip and guitar solo to it. And that would make it its own thing. Or You Really Got Me by The Kinks completely changed the song the way he played it. But you can't judge that based on, oh, did he play it well? Did he play it as written? Because if you do that in electric guitar, the best you'll ever be able to do is, like I hate to say it, something like what I do where you're playing in a cover band. And can you nail the performance like it is on the record? But that's not what makes you a guitar hero. Guitar heroes have to take... Uh, ground that people have done before and they have to do it their own way which is weird which is the polar opposite of like what a concert violinist would want to do is you'd want to be able to you're you have your own interpretations but you still have to play the song note for note you have to have all the right notes in there but when you do it with a electric guitar you can change the notes completely and that might make it that might make it something special is how you changed it it's really weird because it's it's a it's a very creative genre, and I think part of the issue now with the lack of a guitar hero is people haven't been able to create something new with it. Everyone, and Jack White was probably, that's why you said that, is the last one, is because he did manage to do something new, new sounds with the electric guitar. He combined some old, some new, the way he wrote songs. It was different. People took notice. But... A lot of us, a lot of guitar players are just, oh, I'm into the 80s, I'm into the 70s, they're doing their own thing. You got guys like Tosin Abasi who are doing new stuff on the guitar, but without a band to be part of, and without somebody, without being able to collaborate on songs to get these songs, this they're playing out in front of the layperson, they cannot be a new guitar hero. Which is just weird. <laughs> so that's what I think. So, Tosin Abasi, if you're listening to this, collaborate with somebody. <laughs> More people besides me and Fred need to hear your playing. Nice, nice. So I guess to kind of end cap this topic, what's the solution? <laughs> is the solution going to be regurgitating everything that's been done, or is the solution going to be having to collaborate outside of the original genres? Well, that that's the thing, is that we need the cross-pollination, sort of like the cross-pollination of hip-hop and country, saved country music. Or I don't know if saved country music, but certainly made it the juggernaut it is today. Well, this is why you can hear the country artists sound like, you know, B96, or more of like a dance yeah. pop because station. Because they did, they cross-pollinated what they were doing, and I think that's what you need to do, is you need to bring electric guitar into pop music again. But you can't just be like, okay, we're doing an 80s throwback thing. We need somebody to play uh, an 80s sounding guitar riff on this song. That That's kind of cool. But there are people doing new sounds on electric guitar, just that most of them, almost all of them that I can think of, are just you know playing their guitar on YouTube or doing shred videos or instructional videos or doing instrumentals they're not trying going out of their way to try to bring new sounds played on the electric guitar into popular music and that's what you're going to need to do in order to bring guitar back you can't just be like we're going to bring 80s rock back or we're going to bring 70s rock back cuz then you'll wind up with something like the darkness which was popular for one summer and then 
you know, kind of faded away into because it was it was a niche, it was a gimmick sort of. Even though it wasn't, it's just that's how people perceived it. I think it's interesting that I mean, in your world, this is the issue of oh, who gets to be head honcho? How do they get there? And like my world, it's like, good God, like all the orchestras are disappearing because there is not enough funding. You know, it's yeah. just something that's but, never you know, going to hit your world ever. Well, mm-hmm. no, it, it it will. Rock is entering its jazz phase right now, and jazz is entering its classical phase. And classical is entering. I don't know what classical is entering, but it may not be good. Mm. But that doesn't mean the instruments themselves are going to fade away, because you could have, I mean, Lindsey Sterling, as much as, you know, whatever your opinion of <laughs> Lindsey Sterling is, she brought violin, uh, she brought violin up in popularity. Now, mm-hmm. not playing classical music in any way, shape, or form, but at least the instrument itself has enjoyed a resurgence. You could say, I mean, like the song Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker, it brought violin to a forefront. It's fiddle which is basically violin played in one key and doing the same five notes over and over and again. But it did bring it into popularity. Devil and Donna George, it's a hacky song, but it brought fiddle 30 years ago to the forefront, and it's still like the most popular fiddle song you can play today. And when you met me, you said, I don't know that song. I'm like, oh, you better learn it. Mm-hmm. It'll be your favorite song. Oh, I couldn't have predicted that. uh <laughs> <laughs> the last however many years would have gone the way that they did. So Yeah. I yep. knew as soon as I gave you the sheet music for that song that that's what was gonna happen. And well over a hundred grand in education and uh <laughs> And all your money is made from playing Devil and Down yeah, to Georgia. Something like that. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, hurts a little, but you gotta respect it. <laughs> so I guess the real question is where are we gonna get our next viola hero from? You're looking at her. We have a project. We do. We do. In its beginning phases. Very beginning phases. It'll, yeah. I gotta get you that list. Yep. It's all It'll right. be good. That's the thing. Well, that's. But it's gonna be a hybrid as well, you know? But it's a hybrid that I've always wanted to do. So. Yeah. But the same thing is like, whereas in guitar players need to collaborate with songwriters. Um, for what you wanna do, you need to collaborate with a producer. You know, mm-hmm. in this case, it's me. Um, <laughs> prob- probably out of convenience more than anything for you, but <laughs> no, I've I've put in my years of nagging for you to learn certain uh, skill sets here that you can help me out with. I worked it out, man. Check out next week. Uh, the four twenty <laughs> hit of the day, like a lighter, is going to be oh, on ninety five wheel rock. That's true. And that is my country dubstep hybrid, mm-hmm. which it seems like it it's turning into. A lot of people's favorite song off the album, which means that uh, you, me, and Greg need to actually rehearse it before our next show. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't planning on doing it live, but apparently dubstep will not be silenced. Mm-mm. Told you. Which means Greg has his work cut out for him because I use so many dang synthesizers on that recording to yeah. make it to get the sounds in my head out there. It was like one of what, like five years ago or something. I was like, hey, blah blah blah, dubstep. You're like, yeah, I know how to do it. I'm like, well <laughs> It took me yeah. five years to learn how to do dubstep. Yeah, it took you five years to wanna learn. Let's be honest. Uh, I need to. <laughs> I gotta give a shout out to Demetrios. He showed me how to do dubstep. I don't think yeah. I would have been able to do it without Yay. you know somebody without somebody uh who has done it before to kind of guide me in the right direction. That's the hard part. It's like, you know, so many of us have ideas. It's like, well, how do I find someone to bring this to light? You know, it, it's impossible. What are you going to do? Put an ad on Craigslist? Hey, I need somebody that knows blah, blah, blah. And even then, who's going to be anyone of decent talent is going to be like, no, it's going to cost you. Sorry. Yeah. 
And there's that 50-50 chance you'll wind up in the back of a windowless van at some point, too. No, that's a real issue issue at this point. No, yeah, that's very scary. It's less scary for me, but, like, it must be terrifying. It's less scary for me. No, no, it must be, like, for, for any, like... That that's not always a problem with women wanting to join bands is that you have a set of issues that you got to worry about that guys don't have to worry about, mm-hmm. which is you know it's it that's is true a, too. But it, these Craigslist killers though, oh yeah, they go they after do, guys too. They yeah. go up. Yep, you betcha. That's anyway. That's, that's not true. a happy topic, but we're <laughs> all right. Up so next week on the Millennial on Hour, Craigslist <laughs> Craigslist killers and the windowless vans that shuttle them around no, town. No, no. Stay off of Craigslist. It's bad news. Oh, it could be bad news. Better safe than sorry. Right, anyway, so don't look for a producer there. Yeah, but I mean, I got lucky yeah. that I that you learned what you learned at this point where like, I feel confident enough to actually put something together and feel credible. That's the hard thing, too, once you cross over into different territory. It's like, well, you know, I still feel that way playing the violin and fiddle. It's not my world. It's not something I ever did, you know, but no one knows that. <laughs> well, some people do, but you know, not when they're watching you. They're like, oh, oh, you must have been playing since you were like three. I'm like, nope, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Thanks, have a nice day. No. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's the power of Devil Went Down to Georgia. It makes mm-hmm. you think that you've been doing it since you were three. Mm. Well, in other news. <laughs> Let's do a new topic. There you go. I figured I'd give you the honor this time. Thank you. Jazz <laughs> I want to know what the noise is at the end. It's a uh, magical puff. Oh, it's like kicking something. Oh, like you're be. kicking a fluffy little puppy, which you really shouldn't be doing. It's it's all right. It's a metaphorical puffy, puppy, okay. and it's a metaphorical kick. <clears throat> okay. Well, as long as it's that, that's fine. Um, so recently, Paul McCartney finally regains Beatles rights after almost a 50-year-long battle. That's awesome. Do you know much about this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I know, a, I know a bit. I know. Reader's Digest version of this? Mm-hmm. Well, I know it was just uh, a whole matter is when you, when you sign a record contract, you don't necessarily own your songs. Your record label does. And blah, 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 a bunch of crap happened with money and finances and stuff. And he was <laughs> going to get him back. And Michael Jackson ended up outbidding him kind yeah. of under his nose. That's a doozy. Which is weird. It's, it's not necessarily Michael Jackson's fault. I mean, it kind of is. He should have been nicer, especially after they collaborated on a song and everything. It should be The Songs Are Mine. Mm, the Songs Are Mine. It'd be funny. I think there's a parody of that on the internet somewhere. If not, we could do it. Anyway, um, but it, it is Ruin weird. that friendship. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ruin that friendship. It, it, it did, a little bit. And uh, it's like, uh, it, it's, just, it's just interesting that the uh, a lot, so many times the songwriters get screwed over with the contracts they are signed. And then that's, in this case, Michael Jackson owning the Beatles catalog was the result of that. So so what What would be the benefit of Michael? Like, I'm like the interviewer today, I feel like. What would be the benefit of Michael Jackson owning that? 
Well, for Michael Jackson, it was a fantastic benefit, isn't he? Made twenty million dollars a year, or some some number like that, off the Beatles catalog. Da, 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 da. Yeah. What was it? Was it mm-hmm. about something like that? Okay, I thought you may have had the number. No, but yeah, no, he obviously money. <laughs> definitely that was a huge source. Not only did Thriller go diamond, he also owned the catalog of one of the most popular acts in all of popular music history, mm-hmm. recorded music history, I should say, because. So many things changed once you had recorded medium. There was music for forever, and most of it not recorded or even written down. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, that made him an awful lot of money. <laughs> and now Paul McCartney gets to make all that money. <laughs> Good, I like heard he was very poor. <laughs> yeah. He was so poor, yeah. Mm. I mean, he had. I, it is weird, though, that he made most of his money after the Beatles. You know, obviously his name. Well, that's how this whole thing kind of goes. Well, you know, for also, a lot of artists. At the same time, don't discount the the uh, the value of your name, and which was created by your record company, because there are talented people everywhere. There's like there's kids that blow me out of the water talent wise that nobody has ever heard of because you know whatever and then they like can't you know they don't have parents who were fortunate to support them while they were trying to do their music and so they end up working doing something else but they have an amazing talent for music and so a lot of times these artists were, were talented but they would have been nobody without that support to build up their name. And then once their name is worth more than gold, because if you're Paul McCartney, you can play live forever based on that. You can release records forever. You could independ- And Paul McCartney could independently release a recording or a single, and people would buy it directly, and he wouldn't need to advertise it at all because his name is worth that much. Wait, who was there? What was the thing a couple of years ago? Kanye was responsible for Paul McCartney's career. Wasn't that the... Oh, yeah, no, no, that? he totally was, yeah. <laughs> Paul McCartney would have been nobody without Kanye West uh, taking him under his wing. Whose headline was that? Yeah, I forgot. Oh, that was like, like Kanye's fans on Twitter. I, I think like it was a lot, of, a lot of teenage girls said yeah. that. And they were like, if it wasn't for Kanye Why and Why are you making girls? No. Could have been teenage boys. They're dumber. <laughs> they are, but I don't know if they listen to Kanye. I don't know if they listen to My they Chemical do. Romance and stuff. No, actually, no. girls listen to that. Sexism. I don't know. Maybe I just maybe it's just young people. Call you out. Okay, fine. Let all right. We'll we'll agree that it's just young people are misinformed and they don't know what's going on. Some yes. Well, I mean, in talking about the product, go back to that um, briefly. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing right now. Is this you have to when, when you're not picked up by someone on a label, and right now is the time for independent artists. Um, we may have spoken before in other episodes, but how they have no strings attached. They are not married to a, you know, a publishing company, a catalog, a this, a that. They don't have their songs legally locked up. And uh, yeah, they can avoid all the, but the technicalities. But then the issue is you need to build your name all by yourself. Well, true. You have to do fan base and then you have to take different routes. You, you Okay, you'll always try to do yourself as an artist that's with your live performances that's with you know your image is a big one and then you're going to take your creativity and your artistic abilities whatever you're going to sell yourself out as a as an instrumentalist for other people you're going to be trying to sell your songs trying to get your songs into catalogs for all these different areas i mean this is the you're you got to spread yourself really thin and see what what sticks to the wall <laughs> essentially but 
Basically, like, yeah, shoot yourself everywhere. <laughs> readers digest. No, it's like a t-shirt cannon. You're just throwing like, here's me, here's me, here's me. You're mm-hmm. just shooting yourself out into the audience and see if anyone puts that shirt on, you know? Mm. Well, that positive note. <laughs> this has been the morning. I wasn't singing along with it. You added it later. I did. Sound like I've no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Sound all right. Oh man, my name is Judson Brown. This is Colleen Karasik. Thank yep. you for listening. And we'll be back at you next week with more Millennial Hour on WORDDB. Also available as a podcast on SoundCloud. Wordurock.com. <laughs>